Welcome to the Lawless Living Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Orbach. In this podcast, we're going to be talking all about interior design, business, wellness, and sustainability. I founded Lawless Design, a sustainable interior design studio, and over the years, I've used my passion for wellness with my creativity of design and found that there's a huge correlation between them. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. This podcast is sponsored by Rise Superfoods. If you know anything about me, you know that I am obsessed with matcha, have it every day. And so I've lately been having their matcha and their mushroom coffee blend. And so instead of just having typical coffee and matcha, this uses a blend of six different mushrooms that they have. And personally, I'm a huge fan of the flavor of matcha that they have. It's ceremonial grade. It's really high quality. And what I like about their blends is that it doesn't give you a huge crash. It has a lot less caffeine and I feel like it just sustains your energy a lot better. So if you want 15% off your order, you can use the code Hannah 15 at checkout. And yeah, I cannot recommend it enough. So you guys are really going to love it. Hello. Hello. Happy Monday. Welcome back to the lawless living podcast. I am the host and the founder and interior designer of Lawless Design. I'm Hannah and very excited for today's episode. We are going to be talking all about Project Stairway to Heaven, which I've done a lot of different videos and a lot of different posts on. So I figured going through a podcast episode where we kind of share a little bit more in-depth detail about things would be really helpful because I think a lot of times with interior design, we don't get to share all of the different details that go into a project. Um, A lot of times maybe you're just looking at the final photos of things and so I really want to share the good and the bad um, and the end result because there's always hiccups that go through a project. No project is ever perfect but what I will say is my team is perfect because Eric and Rafaela are incredible Um, and whenever there's something that goes wrong or something you know, whatever, we figure it out. Um, And there were some things on this project that were definitely not perfect. And I think a lot of times we are problem solvers um, because what I've had to learn, and this is a hard lesson I've had to learn, is I can definitely be a perfectionist. And the perfectionist in me wants everything to go perfectly and smoothly. I care a lot about our clients. And you build these relationships with them and you become friends with your clients. And so I think when you build these relationships and you love someone that you just want the best for them and when something goes wrong and you don't think it's the best that's when I take that to heart and I feel bad and you know want to do as much as we can as possible and I've realized that there are things that are going to happen and what my dad has taught me over the years is There's always going to be something that comes up and it's how you handle it that's going to set you apart from everyone else. And so I think what our team does really well is when problems do occur, something arises, we stand up, we'll take accountability and we'll figure out a solution and problem solve from there. So before we get into that, I always like to do a little bit of a life update um, because obviously you care so much about my life. Hopefully people get my sarcasm. Um, my family's very sarcastic. Um, I'm probably, either my brother or I are the most sarcastic, probably me. I feel like my brother is wittier. I'm not as funny as him. I have one friend who called me funny one time and I jumped at that because I was like, you think I'm funny? And he was like, well, hold on. Like, let's take a step back. Like, let's, <laughs> I think you're funny, but like, <laughs> you're not that funny. Um, so now, I clearly just say I'm funny because one person told me that I am. Um, Life updates. I feel like I don't have that much actually, but 
this weekend I went to my first tennis class. Um, it was kind of like an open court kind of thing, I guess you could call it. It's at a tennis club um, down on the South Shore. It was really fun. I was I'm terrible, and I feel like I feel like people need to know this. When I say that Mike and I are going to play tennis or like I'm going to do tennis, I've never played before. I took tennis lessons when I was like three, and that's how I met my best friend, um, who I actually saw this past weekend. I went up to her place in Maine, um, which was really, really fun. So I did that Friday night, um, and it was cool actually because um, she has a daughter who's four now, and I was putting her daughter to bed, and we were talking, and I was like, you know that you're the same age when I met your mom, which is so crazy to think. Um, and she was like, really? And I was like, yeah, maybe, you know, you're going to meet your best friend this year. Um, we were actually three when we met, but close enough. Um, and she thought that was really cool. Um, so it was really fun seeing her. Um, she lives up in Maine, so we don't see each other super often, but you know, just a couple hours away now. Um, so still not bad. Um, and then, yeah, the next morning on Saturday, I went to the tennis things, which was really fun. There was 12 of us women. I think there was three different courts. So we kind of paired up in doubles and did different drills and different things. Um, and there was a instructor who kind of coached and taught me through some stuff. He was asking me what I actually knew. And I realized I know absolutely nothing about tennis. Uh, I know forehand and backhand, and that's pretty much it. I had no idea what a ground ball versus a volley was. Um... So it was interesting. I was really bad. By the end of it, I was like slightly better than terribly bad. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back. I think I'm going to sign up for like a full membership. There's like monthly memberships. I think I'm going to sign up because I really enjoyed it. And what I'm trying to do this year is take little breaks and do things that I really enjoy and love than like working 100% of my time um, because I know I need to focus a little bit more on myself and um, taking a little bit of time for myself as Mike tells me, um, that I need to do. So that's what I'm doing. And I think Mike is going to try it out too. He said he wanted me to scope it out first. Um, and all the women there were so nice. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So that's kind of life updates. Also, if you hear any breathing, heavily breathing in the background, I'm watching my brother's dog this week. So he is sitting right next to me. Um, just ran around with Kona. So He's here, if you can tell. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's get into Project Stairway to Heaven. So this was a project that we worked on last year in 2022. Our clients came to us. This was the sixth home that we've done with these particular clients. They're absolutely incredible. Um, every year they come back and they have a new place that they want us to design and we have the opportunity to work with them. And these are some of my favorite people to work with. They are not only just like great clients because they're decisive, um, they trust us, which I think is huge. You know, like I think a lot of times when clients are like, whatever you think is best, like, you know, I trust you. Like, and we've done enough work with these clients where we've gotten to that level where we don't need to do you know, a massive kickoff meeting with stuff or go through iterations of revisions. Like we know what they want, which I think is really amazing, but they're also the nicest people in the world. And I think that just makes working for clients just so much better, right? Like they're just appreciative. They're just nice, not only to us, but just to every single person we bring into a project, which is huge. I think it's so important when people are just nice to everyone, you know, versus like 
you know, what, what company you're from or what you do. They are just the genuinely like nicest family I've ever met every single one of them. Um, so I absolutely adore working for them and I've, you know, been so grateful to have the opportunity to work with them on so many homes. And I feel like I cannot state that enough. Um, so this particular project, um, was in Boston. It's in Back Bay. Um, so one caveat with these clients, and I've totally told her I would never do this for any other client is their timelines are very, um, short. <laughs> um, because we've worked with them several times, we're very efficient with our process. She knows how we work. Um, we work primarily with the wife um, on making decisions and coordination and everything. Um, so she gets it. She knows the process. Like we have it down like to a science. Like she honestly could probably like be working with us in lawless because she just knows everything that we do in our process and everything. Um, but the timelines are very, very short on these because when they close, they want to be able to move in within a couple of months um, and have everything in there so that the home can be utilized. Normally, if you're not familiar with deadlines, like with interior design or with timelines on things before COVID, yeah, maybe two months, but that's like really, really tight for something. Most of the time you can't even get a piece of furniture in for a couple of months. So with us, how we execute on a project this quick, one, you have to relate to the client. I think you have to set the expectations up front. And that's what I did with this client, you know, is, hey, we can get a bulk of the items in for Thanksgiving. They came to us, um, they closed in September. So we did a walkthrough with them before they closed. I got all of the measurements for everything so that our team could go back and we could get layouts and floor plans started before that they before they closed and start working on the project before then to get ahead of things. Um, what I told her is, you know, we can have a bulk of items in that are important to you, like a dining table and sofas and things like that. It is not going to be picture perfect, you know, for that time, you know, and I think that's really important to set the expectations up front so that when you're you know, down to the wire the week before clients aren't like, I thought this was going to be in, or I thought we were going to be doing this. Um, and so I think setting expectations is so huge with projects. Um, even though we've done six different homes with these clients, every single home we have done is very different than the other one because every home is very different than the other one. We've done, um, places on the Cape for them, Miami, Vermont, um, in Boston, we've done them all around and every single home is very different. Uh, you know, the Cape Cod home was very different than the Miami penthouse and versus the Boston penthouse. And so with every home, we want to think about what the integrity of that home is and what the client's goals are. So our first project that we worked on them was the Cape Cod, um, Cape Chill project. If you're going in our portfolio, it was Cape Chill. That was our first project that we had with them. And the client came to us, they wanted something that was keep chill. They wanted something light and bright and white with accents of blue and me, there's talk, um, and making it feel like this modern Cape Cod retreat for a place. When we've done some of their other homes, um, the specific one, and here we go with my brother's talk. Oh, the joys of dog sitting. Um, anyways, 
Um, so when we got into the Boston um, project for Stairway to Heaven, and I'll get into why we named the project Stairway to Heaven, um, the client came to us and wanted something that was classic New England because they were going to be having their family friends stay there. Um, that are from overseas. They wanted something that was classic New England, but then modernized at the same time. They wanted to have something that when the clients came to Boston, it felt like they were here in Boston into New England and not, you know, their Miami place that was much more contemporary or, you know, obviously wouldn't fit in with the style of this Boston penthouse. The Boston penthouse um, was much more traditional with the moldings and um, the floors and the different things that they had in there. So starting off, we have the basis for design with the New England, classic New England style with a modern twist. When we were going into space planning and layouts and different things, we know the clients so well. And so we knew that they have a lot of family over. They like to entertain. They like to have holidays and they need a lot of seating around the dining table and they wanted to have an open living room area. So space planning is the first thing that we start doing when we're working with clients. And I think it's really important to be able to have those initial conversations with how the home is going to be utilized and how each room is going to be utilized because it's never a one size fits all situation. Every client's a little bit different. Every client has different needs. If they have young kids, maybe they need extra storage for different things. If it's an older couple, you know, they're going to want different things. Um, so the kids are grown, they're adults. Um, and then it's, you know, other adults in that space. Um, there didn't really need to be too much storage in this place. I already had a good amount of storage. So a lot of it was just a lot of seating, um, and making it comfortable and cozy. We have a lot of whites in here. And so when we're doing whites, I really like to make sure that their performance fabrics or their indoor air, um, not indoor air, well, their indoor outdoor ones, because the last thing we want clients worrying about is having to clean up after spills, um, you know, the longevity of a, pro of a product, we want it to last. That's the whole thing about our sustainability aspect. You want it to last. You want it to endure and test over time. Um, and so that living room, dining room area had a lot of whites. And so that's what we did for those different elements in there. There's two kind of like primary bedroom areas. They both have en suites to them. The downstairs bedroom was going to be the son's um, space. And so for him, what was nice is he was willing to take a little bit uh, more risk. He wanted something a little bit different. And we, I really wanted to be able to execute and give something a little bit more unique for that space. Um, so that bedroom is actually my favorite in the whole entire home. When you go upstairs, it's two different levels with the penthouse. Um, when you go upstairs, there's a den. And then off of the den, there's a ni nice little balcony. Um, there's a little hallway. And then there's the other primary suite there. Um, which was the going to be the mother's bedroom. Um, and then she had a little balcony off of that as well. And for her bedroom, um, she loves roses. That was a flower that um, was told to us that she really loved. Um, and she wanted it to be a little bit more of like a garden theme, a little bit more nature, green, um, and all those kind of elements. So after we did the space planning, we figured out the different sizing that we needed for everything. Then what we start doing is the sourcing and the design execution, overall design development of the space. And so I had mentioned downstairs, the living area, when you first walk up the stairs into the townhome, um, that's kind of like your full entry and like when you first walk in the welcome. And so you kind of want it to be the 
wow aspect of when you're walking into this home and setting the tone for the space. We painted all of the walls. This was a very like light renovation, not really a renovation, but kind of like cosmetic touch-ups of the floors and the paint here because again, it was a very quick turnaround. So we didn't do anything with like a kitchen or a bathroom. Um, we're actually currently doing the bathroom upstairs right now, but we didn't do that in the beginning portion of it. And so when we were getting into the design, um, we used a lot of different wood tones. That's something that we've always done with these clients is mixing different woods with different neutrals. And so the dining table was something that was gonna be um, the first piece when you walk into the home that you were going to be able to see. And so we did a bunch of um, upholstered seating around there to make sure that it was comfortable for when people were gonna be sitting. And then we had a multitude of different chairs and sofas in the living room area that was open to the dining room. One thing that I love doing um, that we did a lot in this project was mixing in new pieces with vintage pieces. Um, one, because the timeline was so tight on this, we knew we needed to get in-stock furniture. And we also knew that vintage was gonna be our best friend, um, having things that were already made that could just get shipped. And so the my favorite piece in the whole home is this love seat in the living room. It's this vintage Italian velvet sofa. Um, it's absolutely incredible and I love it. And fun fact about, and this is, you know, let me tell you the story about this sofa. And here's why we use a receiver on every project now. And I tell clients, I don't require using a receiver. However, a big portion about our job is to design beautiful homes. Obviously we're interior designers. I feel like that goes without saying. The whole other aspect of it, that's the other half of the work that we do is executing and project managing and you know, making sure that things are stress-free for the clients. And with this particular project, we've used a warehouse receiver for these clients many times for a lot of their other projects. For this one specifically, it came with a lot of challenges because it was with a condo association, you had to have a COI um, with the insurance and have any delivery company fill that out. Um, and no one was living there at the time. The client wanted to get everything shipped to the home because of timing. And this is on me. And this is also, you know, where you learn on every project. I learned on this project, this is why we're going to use a warehouse receiver for things. Um, because we've worked with these clients and we have such a good relationship with them, I wanted, you know, to, you know, do what they requested. They, we've done projects with and without, um, and I also haven't done a project like this in this time frame in this kind of building. You know, there was a lot of different elements here that made it challenging. And when I talk about it now, I'm like, of course, we should have used a receiver. But at the time, it just wasn't on my mind. And what happened was there were a lot of times where I had to be on site multiple times a week all day to receive deliveries that may or may not have shown up. They might not have brought the right you know, amount of people in. They weren't relayed. Even though our team did a really good job of communicating to delivery companies, you know, internally those teams didn't communicate with the drivers about it was a four floor walk up, hence the name Project Stairway to Heaven. Um, every single time that a delivery man <laughs> brought something in, they were sweating by the time that they left because there were so many steps. And I mean, these were like, 
big pieces of furniture that were having to go up these places. Um, and they were incredible to be able to do that. But there was a lot of times that we actually had a lot of rescheduled deliveries. And again, we hadn't had something like this happen before and we've learned from it. And that's what happens on projects. You learn from your mistakes on this and, you know, the clients honestly are absolutely incredible and they, you know, were happy with how the project went. I was not, I feel like I have really high expectations for myself and for our studio that I didn't think we delivered on the level of service that we should have. Um, and so for me, I was disappointed with myself in making that decision that we didn't use a receiver. And so now I relate to clients moving forward about why we use one. So that whole sofa situation, I was up in Maine with Mike. Um, we were renovating our cabin and I had gone up there for, I was supposed to be there for a couple of days and have in-person meetings. I just had like online stuff and we were working virtually for a couple of days. And we ordered the sofa from First Dibs and I get a call from FedEx and they say, hey, we have the sofa, you know, ready for you. Just dropping it off. And this is in the middle of Boston. And I was like, um, no one's there to receive it. I'm sorry, we can't accept this. Um, you'll have to call back and schedule the delivery. That's what all the other deliveries did. And the guy said, we don't have to schedule this. The first ships, you know, the, the seller didn't, you know, have a scheduled delivery in. And, you know, we went back and forth on the phone. The guy basically just hung up on me and said he was just leaving it. And I was, you know, I looked at my phone. There was traffic. I was over three hours away um, to be able to get there. And this very expensive vintage sofa came all the way from Italy, was dropped off in the middle of the streets in Boston. Granted, it was in a crate. However, it's literally in the middle of the streets of Boston. And because I have the most amazing husband in the world, um, he looked at me. I told him what happened. I'm freaking out. Um, I'm like, I have to go to Boston. I have to go get this sofa. They just dropped it off in the middle of the street. I'm calling customer service. Raphael is trying to call customer service. People aren't picking up or they're just like telling us like, sorry. Um, and so we, st we get in our phone and we start to make our way down driving to Boston. And one of our other, um, actually the brother to, um, one, the, one of the clients who's living in the home, he lives right down the road and we were working with him as well. He's another one of our clients. I called him just to ask him like, Hey, is there any chance I'm three hours away right now? Is there any chance you can just go there and make sure that the sofa is dropped off and it's actually there? Um, and he was incredibly nice. And he was like, what are you doing driving back here? Like, we got this, like, I am going to call a couple of my friends. We'll get the sofa. We're going to take care of it. Like, you know, do not come here. Um, they ended up, you know, long story short, they ended up taking care of it. I drove back there. I woke up at like three the next morning and drove back there, um, to just confirm everything, make sure we had all the deliveries, like everything was good and situated on that because it was really, it was late at night that the sofa was dropped off. Um, but that was a huge thing. Those kind of things I realized, like those things shouldn't be happening on projects. Like I said, there's always going to be little things that happen, but with us, we want to be able to, you know, avoid those as much as possible. So, however, the sofa looks incredible in there and <laughs> hope you all love it too, because that was, uh, it took a couple of years off my life there, uh, with the stress of that. Um, 
So with the living room, I love that setup, how you walk in, there's a lot of white there, um, but it feels warm and there's a lot of vintage pieces and elements brought into that space. And that's what we really wanted. On that back wall in the dining room, we have this really oversized, large um, artwork piece um, that we got framed by Stan Hope in Boston. And I love that it's this massive nature scene that really just brings in a lot of greenery and life to a room that is much more monochromatic and neutral in there. Moving down into the first floor bedroom, which I mentioned is my favorite. The first thing that we did in that room was figure out the paint situation. And I proposed this idea of doing light white walls and then doing a really dark slate blue ceiling and trim on there to contrast with the um, rest of the space and make it a little bit more unique. And what we did there is we kind of warmed it up by adding in upholstery, warm oak tones with the woods, um, some vintage style rugs, and um, some accents of like a rust color to complement the warmer tones with the wood and then having some black accents with the, the lamp fixtures. I feel like this room just turned out so well and it's probably my favorite bedroom that we've done. I feel like it's very unique looking. Um, but also at the same time, really timeless and classic. I think Joyelle captured the photos on this bedroom just so perfectly with the light that it's, I, I'm just so proud of that room. And I feel like our team did such a good job designing that space for that client. Um, moving upstairs in the den. So the den is very different than the living room function. The living room was more for formal hanging out. Um, you know, that's kind of like the focal of like when you first walk in. The den is much more of a relaxed environment. You know, they might be playing video games, watching TV. It's a hangout place. And so we wanted a big sectional to go in that room to be able to hang out and have a bunch of people in. Um, and we flanked the TV with bookcases to hide, not to hide, to, um, to have um, some of the pieces um, that they love, um, different accents and different decor that um, we selected for, for them. One challenge about the four floor walk up is those hallways were extremely narrow. And so our team had to be really diligent about making sure that we were checking dimensions on everything because the door was only 80 inches tall and with the railing around, we could only fit things that were 29 and a half inches wide or tall. Um, that could be, that had to be the smallest dimension um, on a piece. And so when we were looking at sectionals, we knew we had to get a modular set. Uh, we couldn't get anything that was too big. Um, and then same thing with the sofas down in the living room. We knew we need, needed to make sure that there was certain sizing for the different pieces. And so that was a huge thing um, to be able for people to navigate the tight hallways and fit things up, um, which was definitely a challenge on things. But I am very happy to say that we didn't have any issues or anything with that because we were diligent about that. Off of the den, there's a patio balcony over there. And so we did some outdoor seating and outdoor dining area, which they were going to use to be able to hang out in the warm months. Um, and then over in the other bedroom area, as I had mentioned, she is really into roses and a garden theme. And so this room, I feel like there's with interior design, we're much more of a more minimalist design firm. We don't like a lot of stuff. We don't like a lot of things. Um, less is more. And I feel like there's a beauty in restraint and having simplicity in a room. And so with this, 
uh, we felt like the green in the space was such like a nice highlight in the space and it really didn't need that much more. And so having some crisp white bedding with a patterned pillow um, and having some woven, um, a woven bed and some reeded nightstands with marble was just the perfect touch. And then having some cool ceramic ta table lamps was all that room needed. Didn't need a lot. We have a really nice armadillo wool rug on the floor complementing the warm tones in the space. But that was it. We didn't want to have a lot of artwork in there. We didn't want to have too much stuff in there. There's a little corner over where there's a um, reading chair with a light um, that has, you know, birds on it and with a little side table, um, which was a really cool vintage piece that we found. Um, but that was it. And it just wanted to be very simple and understated. And then on the um, outside of that, there's a balcony that we did a little bistro set so she could um, sit out there with her morning tea or do yoga out there um, and be able to have this little relaxing place when she came and visited. With that, I mean, I, I'm i so proud of our team for this project. Like I had mentioned, it was a very tight timeline that we did, and I feel like we had a lot of challenges with this project, but we really just... I. Couldn't be prouder of my team with Erica and Rafaela handling all of this, navigating the design, executing on everything, getting everything in on time for things that we actually got pretty much everything. We were waiting on a couple of outdoor things, but we had set the expectation with the client that we weren't going to be able to get everything in, and we pretty much nailed it that we got everything in minus, I think it was like the outdoor sofa we were waiting on, um, which isn't pretty incredible. Um, the design phase, we cranked that out, like I mentioned, because we know the clients so well and they were able to make decisions on things. That does not happen with new clients by any means because we need to learn about what you like, you know, what you don't like. We need to, you know, have a design process, but we were able to execute on this project because we've worked with these clients so many times and they understood our process. They let us pick things out. We kind of were able to design and execute on things quicker than normal on things. So if you haven't watched it yet, we actually did a YouTube video on this, which you'll then be able to see actual photos and videos of it going through the space. My friends Harry and Liz did that video walk tour. Um, it's kind of like an AD kind of um, walkthrough in the home, which was really fun to do. I was a little scared, but I think it came out really well. They edited it very well for me. Um, and we have a bunch of photos that Joelle West did. She does all of her photography. Um, and we also do a project playlist, which I'll have to talk about more. We do project playlists for all of our projects we work on that we're inspired by. Um, and then I create a vinyl and a record for the client that we give them as a gift. And it kind of has music inspired and by the home, um, or the home inspired the music. No, the music was inspired by the home. I don't know. Um, anyways, thank you so much for your time. I apologize about the dog. It's probably barking throughout this whole thing, but that's okay. You know what? It's a podcast. It's fine. Things don't have to be perfect, right? Um, very excited about next week, uh, the episode for next week. So stay tuned. Let me know. We have to get Mike on the podcast. He's I think he's wanting to be on it, guys. He's, you know, not really, but we'll make all right, have a good day and talk to you later.
this podcast is just starting out. So I would love if you could rate and review this on whatever platform you use podcasts on and also check out our Instagram. All of our social media is lawless underscore design and our website is lawless design if you want to contact us and work together on an interior design project.